0: Hey there, welcome to this edition of the Shalene Show. Today, I want to start off by letting you know that it's that time of year again where we are doing my declutter project, declutter challenge. It's that time of year where you're absolutely overwhelmed by all the stuff in your house and it's driving you crazy and you realize that it's impacting your ability to focus, it's getting on your last nerve and it's having an impact on all the areas of your life. And you've got huge things you wanna do in 2022. So let's get things organized. Let's get rid of some things and let's create some systems so that the house, your office, the garage, what have you, it stays organized and you feel peaceful and calm. Here's what you need to do go to shaleen.com forward slash declutter. Now, you don't even have to remember that link. Just let the show keep playing. Slide your finger up on the show art and that's where you'll see the show notes and there's a link right there. Okay, but just in case, it is shaleen.com forward slash declutter. All you do is drop your name and your email address in there, and I've got some really cool stuff for you. It's a six-part audio series plus a little workbook. We're going to do this together. It's the declutter challenge, and we're going to make a habit out of it so that we don't, you know, go through this whole process and then find the house in the office, and the garage, out of control again just a month later. No, we're actually going to develop some habits to make these systems stick. And I thought, what better way to do that than to bring BJ Fogg onto the show? So this is an episode that you've listened to maybe once before. I think it aired last year about this time. But I wanted to bring it back because it is one of those episodes you should listen to more than once. We tap into the science of habit formation, not just repeating something for 30 days, but literally like, how do you create a habit? And you can create a habit in less than like two or three days if you understand how to do it. And BJ is here to share with us exactly how to turn those tiny habits into big changes. So without further ado, BJ Fogg. Tiny habits. That's what we're talking about today. Habits. Like you are a different person when you have different habits. You feel better about yourself. Your life improves. The people that you attract into your life improve. Your outlook improves. Like everything about your current life can be better if you develop better habits and eliminate some not so great habits. That's what we're talking about today with the author B.J. Fogg, the author of Tiny Habits, subtitled The Small Changes That Change Everything. Today on The Shaleen Show. So normally when I buy a book, I usually get the Audible. But when I saw this book being featured on some of my other favorite podcasts and I listened to it, I'm like, oh, I have got to buy the hard copy of this book. So I encourage you to do the same. It's one of those books where there's a lot of, I'm just looking at it right now. I have, I don't know if you can hear it, but I have like sticky notes and underlined and written in the the margins. It's so amazing. In fact, right after I finished this interview, I immediately downloaded the Audible version because it's just that good, just that good. And it's the type of book that I'll listen to over and over again. And I love hearing the actual author read the book. You can pick up a free copy of the book. If you're a first time Audible customer, you just go to audible.com forward slash Shaleen and you get your first book free. If you're already an Audible customer, just make sure you download this one. It's a book I highly recommend you have in your library and listen to more than once. I love creating habits and systems. I tend to think of myself as an expert in that area, and I still had so many incredible takeaways. Many of you know that I've struggled to get myself to go to bed earlier. This is one of the books that I would say has been instrumental in making that change for me. I've just used it to develop an even better exercise program in my mornings and whether it's exercise or fitness, your finances, improving habits around building your business, no matter what it is, like any habit that you know you'd like to adopt or any habit you'd like to eliminate, like this is the book you need to pick up. So today my guest is the author of it. His name is BJ Fogg. I fell in love with him during this interview. He's just such a cool guy. The interview we did, he's in Maui at the moment, but when he's not in Maui, he's a professor at Stanford University where he is the founder of the Behavior Lab. He's worked with tens of thousands of people and studied the formation of habit. We're going to dispel some major myths in this episode. You're going to learn what it takes, how little motivation really has to do with it, or the number of days you're practicing something. And how simple, how simple it is to adopt new habits. You've been making it too big and too complicated. So here to break it all down into tiny little bite-sized pieces is BJ Fogg. BJ, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super geeking out on this interview. It's all the stuff I love.
1: I am so happy to be talking to you.
0: I have to tell you, the one thing I commend you on with this book is how easy the exercises are. You really just make that so simple for people to go like, duh.
1: Thank you. I, you know, I wrote those in one session sitting right here where I am in Maui. And I thought, yeah, people will read, but they want specific guidelines. And of course, the theme of the book, Tiny Habits, is make it really, really easy. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, they're easy and none of them is busy work. They're just easy and practical
0: in fact the first tiny exercise that you teach since you mentioned you're in maui at the moment is what you call i I think you called it the maui recipe the maui habit the the maui habit and that was just simply you say after i and then you fill in the blank
1: after my feet touch the floor in the morning so you're getting out of bed
0: okay i will
1: and then you say it's going to be a great day love that seven words (laughs) Seven words. For many years, I had
0: a difficult time waking up. I kind of trained myself that every time I heard my alarm, instead Mm. of hitting snooze, I would force myself to sit up and say, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. Like, just keep saying it. Because what I was doing before that was like, oh, I'm too tired. No, not today. A little bit more sleep. I'll just hit snooze. I wasn't saying these things, but I was thinking them. And just forcing myself to sit up and say those words, it really works. (laughs)
1: You know, starting your day in a positive way. And you know, that particular habit, the Maui habit, is the, in Tiny Habits, it's the only habit I prescribe in the entire book. Everything else is about pick anything you want and here's how you make it a habit. Here's how you transform your life. But that one is so important and it's been so transformative in my life and thousands of other people who do it that I thought, yeah, let's put this early in the book and I'm gonna prescribe it for everybody. But then after this, you figure out what mm. you want, and I'll show you how to make it a reality.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for saying that because the book really does do an exceptional job of just giving you so many different examples. Very, very specific. So you can picture yourself. You can insert the habit that you desire, and then you go through these exercises. It's a It really breaks it down. The other thing I love because obviously – you care about people making, not just like reading this and going, I get it, but like making it part of the way they think is that you encourage people to then take what they've learned and teach it. I've never seen that before.
1: You know, I love teaching. I love, love, love to teach. I, you know, teach at Stanford University. I have done that for 20 years. And then I teach online and just, Teaching is so great, but Mm. everyone can probably understand why I'm saying now teach this. It's because not only are you sharing it, but one, you internalize it in a practical way once you teach it.
0: And to teach something, you have to understand it. So it really kind of forces you to go like, okay, how would I explain this in my own words? And again, thank you for mentioning that people can pick whatever habit it is they want to work on developing or maybe ending and before we started today, I asked you if it was okay if we just picked one and focused on one specific mm-hmm. example based on my Instagram audience. So I polled them, letting them know I would be having the pleasure to speak with you today and said, all right, so wh- what are the habits you guys are you know, desperate to make stick right now? And I was really surprised that over 78% of my audience said that they are trying to improve their exercise habit and the overwhelming majority of them mentioned getting up earlier to get their workout in. So I asked you, do we have permission today to just kind of stick with that example, knowing full well that what we're talking about can be applied to any behavioral change?
1: Yeah, it could be about relationships, financial security. It could be around productivity, improving your career. But now, right here, right now, we're gonna talk about exercise and making that a reality in your life.
0: Super cool, but just keep that in mind, everyone. Pick up the book because there's a million probably areas that we can improve on our habits. And I'm excited to layer these in, but let's start with exercise today.
1: Yeah, Now, and the good news here though, is if somebody's not so interested in exercise, the process is the same. There's a set of steps, there's a process and you can apply it to anything you want. But we're, we're gonna do it in the context of exercise.
0: You mentioned in the book that change happens when we feel good which is interesting because a lot of times we want to develop a habit because we're disappointed in ourselves. Mm. So yeah. let's start from that. Like, how, how do I even, you know, if I, I feel bad about myself, so what do I need to do first?
1: In my research on human behavior and then outside of my academic lab at Stanford, I ended up coaching over 40,000 people in habits. That's two to 300 people per week since 2011. So I've Jeez. seen all the patterns. And what emerged quite early in my hands-on coaching was people change best by feeling good, not mm-hmm. by feeling bad. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's is—that's one of the things from the book that people are like going, wow, wait, wait, wait. I thought I had to feel guilty. I thought I had to beat myself up. I thought I had to you know, set myself up for public ridicule for not doing, th-. and it's like, no, forget all that. Mm. Instead, you focus on feeling positive emotions will open you up to change but also very specifically it's the a positive emotion that wires in the habit mm, so okay one of the things i talk about and i think people will get this if they can set aside the traditional chatter about behavior and guilt and willpower and the self trash talk is you really change best when you're through positive emotions and that is a radical shift than the what people normally associate with behavior change,
0: is it not uncommon to have a negative emotion be the catalyst yes. for deciding you need to change? Because so often yes. you'll hear people say, "Well, I was, I was at my rock bottom," or you know, yeah. I stepped on the scale, and they talk about a moment where they feel really disappointed in themselves. Is that often a catalyst?
1: Yes, exactly. Let me break it down in these terms: for a behavior that's a one-time behavior or limited. Sure, a negative emotion can get you to go, man, I gotta take control of my life. I'm gonna do X, Y, Z. But that's temporary. That's like the getting started part or the, mm-hmm. you know, signing up for a program or redesigning your fridge or your kitchen environment. But what wires in and sustains the habit over time, that's where positive emotions come in. Got it. And that's different than the one time or the getting started behavior. The long-term change, the lasting change is a function of the emotions you feel as you're doing those behaviors, you're wiring in those habits.
0: You also mentioned that we've got to be more simple about the way we approach our habits. So what is one of the number one mistakes you see people making that overcomplicates things?
1: Let me pick two, if you'll give me two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Number one, people selecting new habits for themselves that they don't really want, but they feel like they should do. Well, exercise is a great one, right? Shoulds almost never become habits. So I'm sure we'll get to this in a minute, but it's like pick exercises that you want. Mm. And then number two is picking something that's too big, picking something that's hard or complicated. And instead, by making it tiny, by making it really simple, then you can do it more reliably. So those would be the two is like picking shoulds and making those shoulds really hard. And that's a, as we've all been there, right? That's a recipe for not succeeding.
0: In the amount of experience you have helping people adopt habits, Mm -hmm. what is it about a small habit that for some reason people think it's too small or they set, goals for themselves, aspirations, as you say in the book, that are so big, they set themselves up for failure? Why are we reluctant to start small?
1: I'll give you two answers. One's more psychological, one's practical. On the psychological side, in the moment that you're sitting down and saying, man, my life has to change, your motivation to do those positive behaviors is high. When your motivation is high, you can do hard things. So in that Mm -hmm. moment that you're like, here, I'm going to do it this time. I'm really going to do it. You can do hard behaviors in that moment. But what we're terrible at, and this is the psychological explanation, is we're terrible at projecting what is our motivation going to do tomorrow and the next day and two weeks and four weeks. And what we're not good is seeing that, guess what, my motivation is going to go up and down. And there's mm-hmm. going to be times when I don't have this level of motivation. And so in that moment when we're saying, yeah, I'm doing it this time, We set ourselves up to fail by setting something hard. So that's uh, one of the problems. The more practical answer, and they're both accurate, but the more practical one is people look at their lives and they're like, I need big change. Mm. So tiny is not going to get me big change. So I need to do something big for big change. And that's where they're wrong. Or that's when they've been misguided by popular culture or TV shows. The way you make big changes is through tiny and small things. That's how you get there reliably
0: so we can use tiny habits to help things grow like to to help all behaviors yeah. grow and change so yeah. maybe we should back it up and talk about the abc's of yeah. and the anatomy what does that look like
1: yeah so tiny habits there are three hacks that i brought together in 2010 when i was hacking my own life my own behaviors and This was a time of my life, I had a few years there that were really hard. And yeah, I did a startup that was failing and I raised money from family and friends and I lost it and I lost my own money, I lost investor money, things Mm -hmm. at Stanford were tough, things in my own health, I'd gained weight and I was like, how am I gonna turn the corner? I was 45 at the time or something and thinking, if I don't do it now, I won't be able to do it, which by the way is not true, Mm -hmm. you can change at any age. And so I started goofing around with my own behavior almost out of desperation. And what I found was this thing that's now called tiny habits where I made three hacks. Number one, you take any behavior you want. So that's the B of A, B, C. Take any behavior you want and then make it really, really tiny. Okay. But then there's got to be something to remind you to do the behavior. And that's called an anchor. That's A, A. And what you use is your existing routine to remind you to do the new behavior. So let's say you wanna walk Mm -hmm. more. And so rather than walking an hour a day, you say, no, I'm gonna make it really, really simple. All I'm gonna do is put on my walking shoes. That's it, just put on the walking shoes. Well, what does that come after naturally? Well, as soon as I put my bag down from work, I'm gonna put on my walking shoes. So that routine becomes your anchor, that's aim. And then the tiny behavior is put on the walking shoes. That's what you want to become the new habit. And C is a technique that in tiny habits we call celebration. Mm -hmm. It's a way to fire off a positive emotion inside yourself. And the reason this matters is that emotion is what wires in the habit. Mm -hmm. So if you put on your walking shoes or as you're putting them on, you're going, good for me. I'm awesome. Look at me. I'm rock. You know, that positive emotion then causes the dopamine regulation in your brain to change, which helps to wire in the habit. So there are three hacks. Make the behavior super tiny, find what it comes after, what can you anchor it to, something Mm -hmm. reliable, Mm -hmm. and then celebrate to hack your brain and Mm -hmm. wire the habit in fast.
0: Well, I want to start with the anchor. How do we know if we're selecting the right anchor?
1: Well, we don't always know. And that's part of the method of tiny habits and changing well is, I call it practice and revise. So Mm, you design it the best you can, the new habit. And if it doesn't work, you don't beat yourself up or feel guilty. You just go, oh, I got to revise this. Let me try something else. So, But there are ways. And I give some step-by-step guidance in tiny habits of how to do it. Mm -hmm. Some of the ways are, The anchor, the thing that you attach the new habit to, should be something that's very reliable. Mm. So if you want to floss, well, what's very reliable in the bathroom? Brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm. So after I brush, I will floss one tooth. If you want to put on your walking shoes, well, think of something that, and if you want to walk daily, think of a daily routine you have that's very reliable that would make sense to put on your walking shoes after and then allow you the space to go walking if you choose to that day. So that's one way of doing it is finding the new habit you want and saying, where does this fit? What Mm -hmm. does it come after? But then you can flip it around. And I talk about this and give some really specific examples. You can list routines you do in your day. Just make a list of morning routines, lunchtime routines, evening routines, and so on. And I give more guidance in the book. And after each one of those existing routines, you can place a new habit right after. So you can go the other direction and start with your existing routines and say, okay, I start the coffee maker every day. Okay, what new habit could I put right after that? Well, maybe it's doing some push-ups against the kitchen counter. I park my car at work every day. Well, what new habit could come right after that? Well, maybe as soon as I park and lock the door, I do three squats. So the way I look at it in some ways is every routine you have is like real estate that you can develop right Mm. next to. And so either you can start with the new habit and see where it fits or start with your routines and say, what would come after this naturally?
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. It also helps you to recognize how much our environment and the things that we see become anchors because that's so much of our daily routine. I, for, gosh, I don't know, probably 15 years taught a workout class every day at 5.30 a.m. When I drove home, I sat in my car and I, and that's when I would create my, my daily journal, mm-hmm. my push journal. That's when I would fill it out. And okay. I, I did that every day at 7 a.m. And I did that before I walked in the house and had the chaos of the kids and the dogs mm-hmm. and the... You know, so just like 10 minutes of quiet time, right when I pulled in the driveway. And then when I gave up those classes and my environment changed, mm-hmm. I felt like a failure of a human being that I couldn't, mm-hmm. like, where did the habit go? The habit was gone. I, and I thought, well, was it, I did it every day for 15 mm-hmm. years. Was it really a habit then? If Why can't I do it now? And I kept trying to find the right anchor. I'm like, oh, I know. I'll do it in the kitchen. I'll do it. I just, I couldn't make it stick until finally I realized, okay, I just nice. I have to attach it to something else. But I, I did have to give myself permission to keep trying until I found the anchor that made it really, as you would say, simple. So we're going to take a quick break to talk about a physical anchor. I developed the concept of a push goal over 15 years ago, and I started teaching that in social media. It's something I started practicing. It's something that's helped hundreds of thousands of people today, which is pretty exciting. It's also the premise of my New York Times bestselling book, Push, which is built around the concept of a push goal. But for so many years, I was teaching people how to do that on their phones. But before long, I realized the habit wasn't sticking. It wasn't for me. It wasn't even sticking for myself. I knew how to create a push goal. I knew how to take on these daily habits. But there was something about our phones where we're I don't know about you, but most of the time I'm trying to ignore my phone. My phone has become white noise. And it was around four or five years ago that I realized the only way I could make my push goal that daily habit of tackling just three things every day that moved me closer to my big goals was by having a physical reminder. And that physical reminder needed to be very, very simple as BJ Fogg says, the more simplistic something is, the more likely it is to stick and become a habit. And that's the premise of the reason why I created the push journal. So it was really, really simple. And so that it would become a physical reminder, a prompt, a trigger to help you solidify this as a daily habit, something you don't even have to think about. So when I'm often asked, you know, why don't you turn the push journal into an app? It's because I don't think it would work as well it needs to be a physical prompt. And it's the reason why we hear from people over and over again that it has changed their goal setting. It's changed their lives and therefore their families. And so by having that physical prompt, you make the habit just that much more sticky. As you heard me share in this example, I was using my push journal in the car. And then when I no longer had that habit of driving home after my class, I needed to find a new place to prompt me So I started laying my push journal across my sink. That reminded me to open it and set my schedule for the day and just select three things that I was going to do each day that moved me closer to my goals. And I lay that across my sink and I attached that prompt to the habit of brushing my teeth. So I don't know what that prompt is for you, but once you get your hands on a push journal, in order to really see the difference, you've got to turn it into a physical prompt. So this is not just a suggestion that you check out Push Journals by going to pushjournal.com. It's also a reminder to those of you who have a Push Journal to pull it out. Even if you bought one a long time ago, they're not dated, so they never expire. It'll never be a waste. Pull that sucker back out and after listening to this episode, figure out what prompt or what existing habit you're going to attach your Push Journal to so that you can make your Push Journal a daily habit. Again, to check out our new collection, go to pushjournal.com. All right, back to the show.
1: That's right on. And that's how to think about it. I mean, when our context changes or our routine changes, then other habits are going to change. That's not a personal failing. That's not something that people should feel bad about. That's just how it works. And what you did exactly right is acknowledge that and say, well, I've got to design this habit back into my life. And... You know, and that's how it works. So I split my time between California and Maui. And the context in California is different in Maui. So I have some of the same habits, but the habits Mm. differ. Yeah. And that's how it goes. And then when I go on the road and I travel, my normal workout habits may not happen. And that's fine. And I don't feel bad about that at all. I just know that's how it works. There's no reason to feel bad that. You know, I went to L.A. for a quick trip and I didn't get my usual surfing in. I'm not going to feel bad about that. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's how it works. I did some (laughs) push-ups. I did a set of push-ups and that's all I could manage that day given the time. And I felt awesome about doing what I could do.
0: So if I'm trying to establish this anchor, right? So if we're speaking to the audience who told us they want to wake up earlier and they want to exercise, what are some anchors? if we're starting there, we know the behaviors they want to exercise. So first of all, we have to help them understand how to make that smaller. Is that accurate?
1: Yes, it's accurate. But let me give a fuller sense of the steps that I talk about in Tiny Habits. The first step is to clarify your aspiration. So some people might say, oh, I want to exercise more. And then when they think about it, it's like, no, I really want to exercise more in the morning. So that's different than exercise more. So tune that in. And And some people might even revise that further and say, well, I want to do cardiovascular exercise, or maybe they want to do weight training. So first and foremost, the first step is get clear on what your aspiration is. Here's what I want. Here's what I want to achieve. And you can think really big. Mm -hmm. Then it's, in fact, what I might do is like, I want to exercise in the morning in a way That will help me lose weight if that's what you want Mm -hmm. or in a way that will prepare me for a marathon those are different things
0: reduce my body fat or change my physique transform so
1: so take a few moments and get clear on your aspiration let's just say exercise in the morning so i have more energy let's just pick that okay then the next step is to do this process i call magic wanding Mm -hmm. and you ask yourself if I could wave a magic wand and get myself to do anything that would lead to this aspiration, exercising in the morning so I have more energy, what would I have myself do? And this is a type of brainstorm. I call it magic wanding because it's fun and I'm kind of goofy. And and it really helps. If you had magical powers, what would you do? Well, I'd hire a trainer to show up my door at 6 a.m. I would set up a gym in my garage. I would get up as soon as my alarm went off. And so you'd come up, those are three, but you'd come up with 20 or maybe 25 different behaviors that you might do. You're not committing to them. You're Mm -hmm. exploring through this magic wanding process and let your mind really explore and go crazy. I give some guidelines and ways to expand that. But the key there is just don't edit yourself. You know, imagine you really had magical powers, and you might even magic wand other people's behaviors. If I could wave a magic wand and get my spouse to do any behavior, that would lead me to exercising in the morning so I have more energy. What do I have my spouse do? What do my kids do? What do I have my boss do? So you can explore this. Then once you have this range of behaviors, and I call it a swarm of behaviors because in the diagram in the book and the model is you write these behaviors around this aspiration that's written inside like a cloud-like thing yeah. that you want to achieve. Then once you say have 20 or 30 of those, then you go and think which one is the best match for me. Or, so that's when you then decide on which ones to do. And there's a process for it. But notice, the, you're not guessing at what the behavior is or new habit is. You're going through a process, get clear on my aspiration, Generate a whole bunch of these different behaviors or habits through magic wanding, and then I figure out what are the best matches for me.
0: So you're kind of selecting those. you yeah. If I'm hearing you correctly, it's best to do this on paper.
1: Yes, you can do it on paper. There's some worksheets available at Tiny Habits for this and so on. But when you, the more you practice it, the more natural it gets, and you you can just do it in your mind pretty easily or with anything. It's just like this process and behavior change is a skill. The more you practice it, the better you are. Mm-hmm. But sure, writing it down on paper, I'm a very visual person and I was so glad that my editor <laughs> let me put a lot of graphics in the book. Yeah, I like visuals, I think visuals communicate a lot. And yeah, this model, it's a simple one with this cloud and you write the aspiration of the cloud, like exercise in the morning so I have more energy. And around it, you put the behaviors like a swarm of bees, swarm of behaviors.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you go back and you pick the behaviors based on three criteria. Can I go to this? Please. Can I, can I yeah. share? Yeah. Okay. So say you have, let's say 30. You get okay. it out of the park. You you magic wanded your spouse's <laughs> behaviors and your bosses and your kids <laughs> and your own. Then you go back and you pick. There's a couple ways to do this. I'll give one that's probably easier to understand in audio because the other one's graphic and visual. Okay. Go back and put a look at each one and think of which one of these, if I did it, would really have impact. Okay. So you circle the ones that would lead to that aspiration because some of them won't, you know, and then you go back and you put a star by the ones you can get yourself to do. And the ones that have circles and stars are the right matches for you. So in other words, you're matching yourself with one or two or maybe three behaviors from this swarm of behaviors and you're matching them on the criteria of what's going to have impact, what's really going to take me to my aspiration and what can I actually get myself to do? Mm-hmm. You, you, you're realistic at this point because you don't want to like match yourself with something that you can't get yourself to do.
0: Or that's unrealistic, right? Like it's just not in the budget right now to have a trainer come to the house or it's not in the budget to have a personal chef So it's things that are realistic, but also they have to be exciting to you, right?
1: Yeah, so that's combo. And that's why I phrased it, that you can get yourself to do. That's a function of how hard is it or easy and are you motivated? So it's those two things. together. Can I really get myself to do this? Yes or no. And if you can't, forget about it and don't feel bad. Focus on the ones that you can get yourself to do.
0: At no point in the book do I hear you say, like, if you repeat this for X number of days then you'll have yourself a habit. Why is it, though, that that's our belief? That if, well, if I just (laughs) force myself, if I've got the willpower slash determination to do this for X number of days, it'll be a habit. Why do we still believe that?
1: People say that a lot because they're misrepresenting research and they're perpetuating bad ideas in the tradition. If you look carefully at the research that's most cited for that blogger headline or things that people say, what the research actually shows is that habit strength correlates with repetition, but it, the repetition does not cause the habits to form. So mm. they're confusing correlation with causation. And anybody can go just search the article and look at it and, and see that, no, that's not what the research shows, but then you know bloggers and other people are perpetuating <laughs> that. And what's sad about that is, and we'll get to what does create the habits, but let me say why I talk about this just briefly in the book, but my style isn't to say, here's all the wrong ways. My style is, here's how you do it right. Yeah. But for, for right, right, right now, let me tell you why. I'm so glad you brought that up, and I'm so happy we can talk about it. If you believe that repetition is the key to creating habits, and it's not, but if you believe it, then you think, oh my gosh, I'll pick an exercise and if I just endure the pain of suffering of this exercise for 21 days or 66 days or whatever people are saying, mm-hmm. it will become a habit. So you're viewing change as something you have to suffer and endure.
2: That's yeah. a problem. Yeah. Number
1: two, if you believe that, then you're also like, okay, I'm not ready to suffer and endure. So I'm not going to change right now. So people procrastinate. And number three, it doesn't even work. So for those three reasons, (laughs) I am so glad you brought this up, that we can talk about what does create habits, and that's emotions. The emotions you feel, the emotion your brain associates with that behavior, that's what creates the habit, is emotions.
0: Well, let's talk about that celebration. So I have decided that my anchor is going to be, I'm going to lay out my workout clothes. clothes.
1: That's a great one
0: have everything ready the night before like next to my bed so it's the first thing i see there's you know, I'm, I'm excited because it's one less thing i have to do and that's going to be my anchor my behavior is to exercise just mm-hmm. to get my body moving get my heart rate up for 10 minutes now yeah. how do i celebrate that i hated every minute of it i felt like i was dying <laughs> i you know i i i saw my workout clothes and i was already in a bad mood so i'm like oh dang it yeah. i got to work out you know so if i'm that person who haven't flipped that switch where they see exercise as just a treat for yourself? I know. I mean, it's hard for me to well, imagine. Like I have to just put myself in that mindset because I see it as such a treat. But how am I celebrating it when I didn't enjoy the 10 minutes?
1: And yes, that habit of putting out your workout clothes has worked for so many people to help them exercise. But let's even talk about forming that habit. And here's how I would do it with celebration. So, the behavior that will help you exercise early and have more energy is to put out your exercise clothes the night before. So, then in the tiny habits way, you'd go, Well, what does this come after? Mm. And maybe it's after you turn off the TV at night. So, you click the remote off. That's when you lay out your workout clothes. So, we got the anchor is turning off the TV. The behavior you want as a habit is putting out your workout clothes, and then you celebrate to wire it in. Now, for people like you and me who love dancing, that's what I would I mean, mm. there's different ways to create a positive emotion. And tiny habits, I give a hundred ways. I give a list from my certified coaches contributed and we prioritize that. But there's different ways. But I'm gonna fast forward and say, Okay, so if I'm wearing this in as as I'm putting out the work I close in, as soon as I look at them, I would do this dance that makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. And feel a positive emotion, and that would help wire it in. Now, for you and me, we like dancing, and that would that makes us feel happy and successful. If other people are like, oh, that's not going to make me feel successful, it's going to make me feel stupid, then find something else. It could be a fist pump, or it could be just a really vivid thought of like, you go, girl, you're nailing this, right? Just even an internal dialogue, like you go, girl, you're nailing this. That will help wire in that habit.
0: The things you've just described are kind of like most of them sounded physical. And I have to get myself to go to bed earlier. I started establishing a bedtime routine and Mm. stacking habits onto them. And part of that routine for me was just getting everything ready the night before, including like getting my coffee maker you know, set up so it's programmed to have coffee ready first thing in the morning. And it's funny when the first couple of weeks when I did this, I remember thinking like, I'm just like, look at me look at me just like all organized and proud of myself and (laughs) and and i couldn't describe it it's such a dumb Ah. little thing but like i kept every night i would be like so excited like i got the coffee ready too like it was such a big deal and then i want to do more and more and more things the night before that i wouldn't have to do in the morning like ridiculous things like i would put (laughs) it's gonna save me three seconds i'm gonna pour the dog's food into the bowl and then cover the bowl like all these little things that You're I wouldn't so have to do
1: in the so morning. Good. See, if you could see me right now, I'm smiling so big because <laughs> you nailed it. I mean, you did it exactly right. So, uh, but wow, in, in so many ways. One, the, the positive self-talk you were doing, even though you didn't call it celebration, that's how you wired okay. in the habit. So yeah. it can be self-talk, it can be a dance, it can be a high five, it can be a fist bump. It could even be... I think of my, when I really need to wire a habit in fast, I think of my fourth grade teacher in Fresno, California saying, you did a good job mm. and that helps that just. And so you, you wire that in. And then the next thing is change leads to change. You naturally started doing other things. Yes. I'm so glad you called that out because, you know, you start maybe with putting out the workout clothes And that naturally leads to, I'm going to get the coffee ready. I'm going to get the dog ready. And then as people do these tiny things and feel successful, they then start to think about themselves differently. Their identity shifts. Yes. It shifts from, I'm a kind of person who always, I can't follow through. I can't change to, I'm the kind of person who can change. I'm the kind of person who follows through. I'm the kind of person who goes the Mm -hmm. extra mile. And it's that that's really what the subtitle of my book is about. The Small yeah. Changes, Everything. It's that. It's your ability to feel good and how you're now seeing yourself more and more in these positive ways rather than the negative ways. And that, oh my gosh. And it comes through these tiny successes. Today's episode
0: of The Shalene Show is sponsored by our friends at Organify. Organifi. You've heard me talk about them probably way too many times, but it's because the stuff is so good and it's helpful, especially if you're dealing with brain fog or ADHD, or you just want to have a quicker memory. So many products, but my favorite is Organifi Pure. It comes in a little packet or you can get it in a tub now, which is super convenient. I prefer the little packets. I dump one of the Pures into my water and then I have Organifi Immunity. These are two different products but these are the two that I'm obsessed with. Obviously immune, why wouldn't you want to bolster your own immune response? But the immunity is great because it kind of has an orange flavor and then the pure tastes a little bit like my lemon ginger water. So when I mix them together, it's literally, it makes me drink so much more water and I know I'm getting my immunity. For example, it gives you 500% of your daily needs for vitamin C. In addition to that, it's got zinc, Vegan vitamin D3, very, very important. So many people don't even realize that their vitamin D is insufficient and that's why their energy is low. That's why they can't lose their fat. The immunity product also helps because it bolsters your immune system. It's got an antiviral, an antifungal and it really tastes delicious. I also love the Pure. That's the one that I take for my brain. It's got 11 different superfoods. It's 100% USDA certified organic. It is Clinically proven, this is huge, to boost brain-derived neurotropic factor. Why do you need to care about that? Because that's what makes you think more clearly. That is what helps to increase the neurogenesis. That's like your little connections in your brain, and they connect faster. And that's the stuff that we need if we want better memory, if we want to feel mentally sharp, if we want to pull up information quicker in our heads, we want to be less forgetful, then we need to think about these things. A lot of their products are fantastic. Those are two of my favorite. I'm going to let you check out the rest of them. They are going to give you 20% off all of their products when you use code Shaleen. So you go to Organifi, dot forward slash Chalene, That gets you 20% off. O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Chalene, Get 20% off. All their products are great. My favorites, Pure and Immunity. Well, BJ, I want to mention something that you just made me realize, and I hope this will be helpful to some. When you think about celebrations, it's like, what, what am I, like, lighting a candle? You know, what am I, I'm fist pumping to myself, like, this seems really weird. But one of the things I just realized I did as I was doing, like, establishing these new nighttime routines is I was documenting them in social media, oh. right? And so we oftentimes don't know, don't know what we should post in social media, But I think social media can be used as accountability. And whenever we're doing something positive in social media, what are you going to get? You're going to get praise. You're going to get people saying like, good job. And, and so when I started establishing those habits, I took to my Instagram stories and showed people what I was doing each night. And, and -hmm. then I was, you know, I started getting like praise from them, celebration from social media. And, and so that's another simple thing that you can try. And it certainly keeps you accountable. When you're telling people this is what I'm going to do each night, and then you start mm-hmm. to get that, you know, that loop of positive feedback from others, and you start playing it in your own head, and
1: yeah, and the anticipation—I got to post this to social. Look at me, yeah, I get post this, yeah. That so that's in the moment, firing off the positive motion that will help wire in the habit. And yeah, you're exactly right. Now, if there were one celebration that worked for everybody, I wouldn't have listed a hundred in the book. True, yes, Maui habit—that's one everyone should do, but. It's different for different people and what feels great to me. Like if I'm at home alone or even with my partners there, yeah, doing a dance or singing a little, hey now, you're a rock star. I mean, that works for me, but for other people, it's gonna make them feel maybe stupid. That's not right for you. Mm. So part of becoming, gaining superpowers in habit formation is figuring out what is the celebration you can do on demand that will make you feel positive and successful and then start applying it. But look at what Serena Williams does when she makes an awesome tennis serve. Bam, she celebrates it. Yep. So if you're doubtful about how this works, I mean, you're self-reinforcing. That's what you're doing. And look at high-performing athletes when they do something exceptional, they naturally celebrate and they wire that in. They wire that serve in more. That's what made them high-performing.
0: I did want to mention that when we talked about exercise, because I want to help the listener who's struggling with that, is never to give up thinking about what type of movement do I enjoy? And instead of framing it as exercise, there's so many things you can do that are movement based. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. All or nothing thinking more often than not leaves us doing nothing. Because it's almost impossible to do all the things and to do them perfectly. And so just doing something is a million times better than doing nothing and pick something that you enjoy. I always suggest that people go back to a time when you were a child because children love to move. There was something you were doing. Maybe Mm. it was horseback riding or as you had mentioned, dancing or tennis, being on a team like there's hiking, just being outside, riding your bike. Like it doesn't have to be grueling, you know, CrossFit. (laughs) you know, you're leaving with a pool of blood and sweat behind you out the door for it to count as exercise. Like just move.
1: Yeah. And you can break it up through your day as well. So find what you love and something that you might like for a while. You may lose interest and that's okay. Shift to something else. And, and that's fine just because you think you wanted to play handball and maybe that was fun for a few months. If you lose interest, then, shift to a different thing and move it think of your habit your your set of habits like a garden and you design the garden don't leave it a chance those are weeds those are bad habits and when something in your garden has served its purpose or it's out of season or it's no longer serving you pull it out and put something else in that's too often people think well you know on january 1st i decided i was going to you know go to the gym and do you know, I'm Zumba and now Mm Zumba is no longer working for me and, but I must keep doing it now. Shift and redesign, just like you would redesign a room or Mm. redesign a garden. That's the best way to do habits. Now let me share a quick hack with you on cardio or any kind of exercise, but I use it for cardio. Okay. So on the days when, so in Maui I surf every morning and it's awesome and I love it. And I can't wait to get in the water. Mm. I mean, even days when I'm not feeling good, I still want to go. It's Mm. like, so when you find the right thing, not everybody has that, but.
0: Yeah. Are you good?
1: I'm good on small waves. Okay. No, your answer is no.
0: <laughs> Maybe you should say tiny waves just to stay on brand.
1: <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm very good on tiny waves, not big waves, but I love it. It's nature and you see turtles and whales and I love it. I love it. Yes, yes. And so, but when I'm in California, I don't have ocean. So I made this really simple home gym and one of the pieces of gear I bought was the aerosol bike. Oh, with, yeah. Which people hate in oh. CrossFit, but for me, having it's the best investment I made Because it works my whole body. And then here's the hack. So in California, even if I don't feel like working out, and in California, my workout doesn't fit in the mornings. It fits in the late afternoons. Mm -hmm. And then if I don't feel like it, like I'm so tired, I say, okay, BJ, just go in and do four minutes on the aerosol. An easy aerosol for four minutes. That's all you have to do. Sometimes I don't even change clothes. So I go sit on it, but here's what I know. At about three and a half minutes, something shifts inside <laughs> of me. Like at one minute, it's like, okay, I can't wait till this is over. Two minutes, it's like, okay, just two more minutes. Three minutes, it's like, huh. And then at about three and a half, it's like, man, I'm going to keep going. So, And it works over, this tricking myself works yes. over and over and over. And I've heard this from other people that they haven't been as specific as three and a half minutes. But just you kind of trick yourself, just do the beginning of it. And if you want to stop, truly stop. There are times I stop, but most of the time I'm feeling energized and I just keep going.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how that works with exercise and sex. (laughs) (laughs) Both. Just start, just start and you'll probably get into it. Sorry, kids. You mentioned redesigning and that was one of the things in the book that I was like,
2: yes,
0: this is so huge. And I'm so glad that you devoted so much time to it. But can you expand, if you will, on the importance of developing what you call the skill of context and what that means with regard to habit and our environment.
1: So there are two reliable ways to change. One is to make these tiny changes and create the habits. And the other is to redesign your environment. And they work together. Mm -hmm. And so the second one, context, environment, I'm using those as synonyms. okay. The fact of the matter is we are, our behavior is very much controlled by our environment. And so what you want to do is redesign your environment to make the good behaviors easy to do, like me bringing the aerosol bike, so it's only 20 feet from where I work at home, and then make the bad behaviors hard to do. For example, in our home, we have banned bread, if there's (laughs) bread in the house, oh, Also, ice cream. That's a better example. I (laughs) I love ice cream more than bread. There's ice cream in the home. Guess what? I'm going to be eating it. And not just a little bit. I'm going to eat the whole tub. Yeah. And you're sitting there watching a movie and say, I'm going to have a little pee, a little bit, and then I'll have more. And then there's, you know, years ago, before I figured this out, then I just got off the whole rest of the car and eat it. And so we finally just sat down and said, look, policy, no ice cream in the home. Doesn't mean we can't have ice cream. It's just, it's not going to be here. Yeah. And that's helped so much of me not eating all this ice cream or bread. And then we make the healthy snacks really, really easy to do. There's this concept that we call super fridge. And later in the book, the book kind of shifts gears a little bit. I say, hey, people, I'm going to be a little different here. And I'm going to tell you about super fridge. So you design your fridge. Yep. So everything in there is healthy food, ready to go. And there's nothing in the fridge that's off our game plan here. And so you open the fridge anytime you're hungry and I can eat anything as much as I want because it's designed to be all healthy food. So that's really about designing the environment Mm. to make the good behaviors really easy and the unwanted behavior, well, the wanted and not wanted, the mixed behaviors like ice cream, hard to do.
0: Well, I love the story you share in the book where you had checked into a hotel room and they had this big, huge basket full of like Pringles and Oreos and Doritos and like all the things you're like, oh, wow. You said, I really like snacks.
1: (laughs) And I have just learned by experience that I love the salty snacks. And I just know that if those salty snacks are there in front of me and they're saying, eat me, eat me, eat me, there's going to be a time I come home it's late and then I'm going to dive into those salty snacks. And so Mm. I just learned as soon as I walk into the hotel room, if it's not super late at a reasonable time. I just go around and I redesign the room so it Mm -hmm. supports healthy sleeping and healthy eating and healthy work. Yeah, And I I just have, this is travel habit. It's like, boom, make the room, make this room support your best habits. Gosh,
0: it seems so simple. And maybe it's because it's simple, we assume it needs to be bigger. But this is so true of anything. Like it's, if you want your bedroom to be more romantic, get your office desk out of there. If you want to make exercise more, you know, easier to access, you've got to take all the clothes that are hanging off of your exercise bike off of it. And you've got to move it into an area where you're going to see it. It's just, you know, I think we need to just devote the time that it takes to redesign our environments to support it. And, you know, the same is true. I hear constantly from people, I know we're talking about exercise and so many people think that exercise is the key to transformation. I think it's a component. Yeah, but you and I both yeah. are in agreement that it's really the nutrition yeah. and well, you, you can't yeah. exercise away bad nutrition. So what can we yeah. do? And you've got some great examples in the book. I hope people will pick that up. Oh, before I forget, I haven't got my fingers crossed. I always buy the Audible yeah. book for everything, but your, I knew when I saw this book being passed around, I'm like, oh, that's one I for sure mm-hmm. am going to want to underline and highlight and tab. And so I definitely want to get the uh, hard copy, which I did which is rare for me, but I just wanted to ask, do you also have it on Audible?
1: I do. Yay. Can I confess? Yeah. So I recorded it here in Maui. Okay. In a little studio from a music professor, and the last day, so it was actually fun narrating my own book. People told me it was going to be terrible, but it was (laughs) fun. The last day, it was like, you know, I'm going to write a special preface just for the audio version, and here's why. I grew up with a voice disability, And so as a teenager, I had this really weird high-pitched voice and I was made fun of and I was self-conscious and I'm even getting a little nervous talking about it now. And I thought, this is appropriate, not in the print book, but in the audio book. So I wrote the preface and I went out to my partner and I said, hey, let me read this to you. I'm gonna be recording it today. And it's really personal. It's about the struggles I had with my speaking voice. And I talk about how you know, this connects to people that are reading my book who are struggling with things, things that you feel like you have no control over, things that you feel like you will never overcome. So I'm using that as a way of saying I've been there. Right. And now I get to narrate my book. And the confession is this. So people can hear that in the preface of the audible version. But I wrote it up and I went out and I said, hey, I got to read this to you. I broke down and I cried three times. I couldn't get through it and I broke down and then I gathered myself and I read more and I gathered myself and he hadn't heard some of those things. And I was like, okay, hopefully when I record this, I won't break down and cry. But what I really wanted to do was just share and just Mm. be authentic and say, look, people, Sometimes life is really hard and you've got these challenges you can't overcome. And, but guess what? There's a way for you to make progress. And oh, by the way, you don't have to be perfect. You just dive in and get started and you can have these kind of transformations that you never thought possible.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm downloading the Audible now.
1: I did not cry <laughs> when I recorded it.
0: <laughs> what a great story, though.
1: I, I'm so glad I went there. I was nervous, too, because... I'm just really revealing a part of myself I never have. And even my own family, my brother texted me and he says, he says, I just, I didn't know you were going through this. And he was close to me. And so, but I just felt it was right to do these challenges. Help me right here, right now. Yeah, to share this with you and explain, yes, you may be feeling depressed. You may be feeling like there's nothing you can do about this problem and that people are judging you unfairly. Like you have a voice problem, man, I got made fun of and bullied and it was not my fault. And I felt like I had no control. And that's how a lot of people feel. Like, guess what? There are ways to get through that and to turn a weakness into a strength.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that story. I think that there's many authors who, when they go to read their Audible, they include a little something that's special Mm. because it's almost like, well, is the publisher actually going to be listening to this word for word? You know, it's (laughs) an opportunity. It's your voice. It's so great that you made that personal. You know, speaking of motivation, and that's one of the elements that you talk about a lot that people assume they need when it comes to a habit. And, you know, I know we've got to wrap things up shortly, but When you speak of motivation, and I think about someone who, for returning to our original example, someone who wants to wake up early and have better exercise habits, what about the competing motivations, right? Like, so my alarm goes off, it's uh, 5 a.m., I'm motivated to improve my health and my brain health by getting adequate sleep, and I know maybe I haven't got enough sleep. But I also have this competing yeah. motivation that I want to change my physique. So yeah, how, no. how do we cope with competing motivations? Like I'm really motivated to lay here on the couch or I'm really motivated right. to stay in bed.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up uh, because it's one of the things I unpack in that chapter is there are times when we're motivated in two directions. Man, I want to lay here in bed and sleep and I think I need to and I'm motivated and oh, I want to get up. So one way that you could make the exercise habit in the morning more reliable is to reduce your motivation to, oh, I got to still lay here and sleep, which Mm. means rewind the night before Mm. and if you can, go to sleep earlier. So then your motivation to stay in bed will be lower and the motivation to work out can win more often than the drive to stay in bed. So when you look at like, oh, what's stopping me from doing the workout behavior? What other thing? Well, if you can go in and address the sleep issue, which you and I would be 100% in agreement on, rewind and plan for, you know, design an awesome morning by designing the right evening or better, there's no one right, but better evening rituals, routines, habits, whatever you want to call Mm -hmm. it. So then you can win in the morning.
0: You mentioned the, concept of using a swarm to eliminate a bad habit. So if I know my Mm -hmm. bad habit is staying up late, what Mm -hmm. might a swarm look like if I'm trying to eliminate that habit?
1: Yeah, so within the the swarm, the cloud, so this is about untangling unwanted Mm -hmm. habits. And in the cloud would be like, you know, I stay up late at night and watch TV. Yes. Uh, So what you might do is, well, what contributes to that? Well, I'm really stressed or I'm drinking or I'm... I got home late from work or just look at the different behaviors that lead to that thing that you don't want anymore, staying up late.
0: Well, let's say it's all the things you just mentioned. Am I writing all of those down? Am I writing down all the contributors? Write
1: down all of those, but caution, 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 do not get overwhelmed. This is the one one method in the book where I say, look, this is going to make you feel bad for a moment Mm. (laughs) because what you're doing is you're facing up to all these issues, Mm -hmm. but so temporarily, yeah, write them down, go there, but then pick the easiest one to untangle okay. and do that one. And maybe it's that you go on Facebook after dinner for 30 minutes and it's like, you know what, I can stop that. Mm-hmm. So boom, take Facebook out of your life and you got that tangle done, then go to the next easiest one. Wow. And you won't have to untangle them all. Just like untangling your phone cord It looks like this impossible thing, like I'm never going to get this done. But you know, by experience, Mm -hmm. you should look at these kinds of unwanted habits in the same way. Just start with the easiest one and untangle that. And the next little (laughs) snarl and untangle that. And pretty soon it falls away. It's like, oh, this was, but you have to get started and you don't start at the hardest one. You start by untangling the easiest snarl first. And in this case, maybe it's a little Facebook scrolling thing that you do Right after dinner, that's really not helping you get to bed early, which is an issue. And then when you're struggling in the morning, between do I work out or keep sleeping?
0: It's amazing how easy you make it seem because it's broken down into very small changes. And those small changes, as you profoundly lay out in the end of the book, is like that's how we change who we are. Yeah. You know, like yeah, that's exactly. that's how we become a better person. It's how we create transformation. And I think most people listening to this show, that's what they're interested in is just kind of being a better version of themselves.
1: Yeah. yeah, and what's exciting to me is that it's a system, it's a process. So you don't have to guess at any step along the way. There's a process and if X doesn't work, well, then you do this. So there's guidance at every turn. And the fact that it's a, well, I love systems, I love processes, Mm -hmm. but it also means that this thing we call behavior change or habits or even transformation, boom, here's the code, here's the roadmap for it. Here it is, for the first time, you have this roadmap and you don't have to guess, and you do it by feeling good and surprise through these tiny ways, you have these big outcomes, and that includes how your self-talk how you think about yourself, how you react to things that don't go well. Like if I tipped over this glass of water right here sitting on my desk 12 years ago, I'd have a negative reaction to it, Mm -hmm. if I did it right now, I just keep talking to you and I think, good for you, BJ. You kept going, right? (laughs) It's a whole... So you just rewire how you see yourself and how you talk to yourself. And that happens through these tiny changes.
0: Uh, One extra added bonus, I think, for anyone who's thinking to themselves, well, I I don't have that many habits I need to work on or develop. Everyone has someone in their life who they would love to see (laughs) them adopt some new habits. And you really do such a cool job of helping people understand like, okay, Once you get this model, here's the cool thing. You can use this and help other people transform. You can use this with a team, like with your the, the people that you lead. Like it's really that was pretty eye opening. I was like, wow, yes. Like instead of being frustrated and maybe hiring somebody new to do that thing that for some reason they just can't seem to do, maybe what you need to do is help them establish the right prompt.
1: Yes. And I'll just make two comments on this. So there's a chapter on this and I go into details, but two quick takeaways. There's mm-hmm. more, but I'll give two. One is be really specific about what you want your teammates or your spouse or your kids to do. Like specify, you know, be really clear what the behavior is. My partner wanted me to wipe down the shower and in his mind specific. My mind, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so it didn't happen until he showed me exactly how and it's like, now I get it. So one, right. be specific. And then number two, help them feel successful. In other words, celebrate their behaviors that you want to become habits. Okay. Now, once you hear that, that's kind of obvious. That's what we do with kids. That we do with our pets. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Do to yourself. Mm -hmm. But help celebrate other people's good behaviors. Yes. So be specific and help them feel successful
0: everybody does better when they feel good. And I just have to say, BJ, thank you so much for being a change agent, for revolutionizing the way we look at human behavior. It can improve everybody's life experience. And as you said, at any age, this In is such such a cool concept. Yeah. I um, encourage people to reach out to you. Which social media platform are you the most active on?
1: Twitter, getting involved in Instagram. Okay. I'm at BJ Fogg. So I have a weird name, BJ So
0: I'm looking at your Instagram. It's super creative.
1: <laughs> I'm a goofball. I love I, this. Uh, this is not
0: at all what I would expect. This is so I know, fun. I want to characters. know all about these little characters. Uh,
1: that's me. I am odd, but that has helped me look at things in a new way and not be afraid to do things differently. And
0: Amen. Well I the <laughs> Shalene Show Lifers will love this. You guys go check them out. It's BJ Fog with two G's, BJ F O G G on Instagram. Is it the same on Twitter?
1: Yeah, same on all platforms.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. And you can also follow at Tiny Habits. And then please be sure to pick up a copy of this book. It's one where I think you're going to want the hard copy and the Audible. You can get that by going to tinyhabits.com forward slash book, or of course, Amazon or audible.com bj thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us and for writing a book that's just so easy to follow i love it i
1: couldn't love it more thank you so much
0: well i had a blast interviewing bj fogg i'm sure you can tell from my enthusiasm that this is one of those books that you just need to have i mean chalene show listeners this is so up your alley it's not even funny so make sure you pick up that book all right y'all you know the deal i love you i mean it i really do
2: If you enjoyed this show, please don't forget to make sure you are subscribed and following along. The Shaleen Show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most every podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star review and tell us specifically what you enjoyed. We'd love to know. The Shaleen Show is released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. For Tuesdays and Thursdays, be sure to follow and subscribe to Shaleen's other podcast, Build Your Tribe, which she co-hosts with her son, Brock Johnson. It's all about business, social media, and marketing, and devoted to helping you make more money and live more life. Links to anything referenced in today's episode, as well as show sponsors and other podcasts, can be found below in our show notes.